It's important to connect the dots between resource for humans, operating system, why is it there? And then the purpose, which actually is the fuel. And it's the thing that builds the story. It's the thing people can attach to and connect to. You are listening to One More Question, a podcast by the people of NiceWork. One of the things we often catch ourselves saying is, can we just ask you one more question? And that's the antithesis of what this podcast is. It's about sharing the best conversations we've had with significant creators, experts, and communicators. The people that we've encountered as we go about our work of making people care by creating purposeful brands. This season is focused around unpacking the topic of purpose, exploring what purpose means in its many forms, and we share how people are using purpose to build great companies and successful brands. I'm your host, Ross Drakes. Today on One More Question, I'm talking to two exceptional people, Brad Shawkind and Andy Golding. Andy is an employee experience specialist. Said in normal words, she helps businesses to stay relevant. She does this by getting them to build cultures where the experience actually switches people on. The driver behind her work is that she's worked in some very awful environments as well as some awesome ones, and this led her to the thought that work doesn't have to suck. Her partner in this, Brad, is an agitator and a thought provoker. He started his career as an architect where he worked for 15 years, and he discovered that he had a passion for entrepreneurship. He's had over 20 businesses until settling on this one, Still Human. Still Human helps business leaders to make exceptional employee and customer engagement. You can read a lot more about this in a book they co-authored called We Are Still Human and Work Shouldn't Suck. Enjoy. Today, in the first of a three-part series, we're talking about purpose. And more importantly, our purpose can drive an operating system for a company. An operating system where people can understand what matters to the company, what matters to them, and how they work has meaning and impact. We explore a few things around helping people get to the point where they can apply their own brilliance in a clear way and how language is important to companies. Brad and Andy or Andy, Andy and Brad? Depends who's saying it, I guess. Okay. Yeah, it's, there's never been like a, an official thing. We are Brandy or we're Anderborough. <laughs> Anderborough. Anderborough, okay. Anderborough. <laughs> Or, <laughs> or just Achbiers. Achbiers, so we buy Achbiers as well. What is Achbiers? Our initials. Andy Golding and Brad Shawkin. Achbiers. Or Brad and Nad. Brad and Nad, true. Yeah. So, we, so you've done this before. Of, this is not your first we, we combined have, name. No, we have we have nicknames. I mean, we, people have given us nicknames. We've Nad create, was created because Andy. We often used to arrive at meetings together, and they were expecting Andy to be a guy. So they come up to me and go, Andy, I go, no, I'm Brad. And they go, oh, Andy, but she's just not, she's a girl. And so in her email address, I don't know if you've noticed, in her signature, it says Andy. What does it say? Not a, not a dude. Andy as in Andrea, not, not Andrew. Not Andrew. Yeah. yeah. And so Nad is not a dude. So when we, when we, like, when Andy does something really well, we celebrate, we go, go Nad! <laughs> and, well. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Go so. Nat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were, before we hit record, we were recording, by the way, um, you, you were telling me that you're hiking in the mountains and there were some thoughts uh, spooling around inside your head. Can you, can you share what you were talking about? Yeah, I suppose what better to do than when surrounded by the beautiful Drakensberg Mountains than to think about 
employee experience, company culture, <laughs> and organizational operating systems. It's supposed <laughs> to be a holiday. Yeah, it okay. is actually what people do all the time. They, yeah. they just aren't willing to admit it so openly like you are. Um, unashamed to admit it. Okay. It's a, it. And it came from a conversation that we were having around our holiday being around upgrading our internal operating systems for 2020. And I, the more we spoke about operating systems, the more I kind of started to think about how inherently rigid an operating system is. Either programs will run on an operating system or they won't. And thinking about business, the way the world of work is going, how much, how quickly things are changing. And I was just really starting to question, and it was quite unrefined thinking at that point, in a way it still is, just starting to question, is organizational operating system the right term? Does it actually make any sense? Or do we need, do we need to throw it out and start with a new way of thinking? Or is there room for just maybe upgrading our thinking around what an organizational operating system is? So you, you think your, your early hypothesis is that it's, it's old school thinking and it doesn't necessarily fit with the, the workspaces of today? Yeah, I think that we might need to rethink our thinking. I said think three times very fast there. Yeah. We might need to rethink our thinking around an organizational operating system because the world might be moving f too fast. We might need to be upgrading our operating systems faster than is possible if that's, if that's the way, the lens that we're thinking about it through. So there's some HR people sitting somewhere um, very nervous because they've just finished the HR manuals for 2020. And you're saying that maybe those HR manuals don't hold true in the next three to six months. They're going to need to be upgraded again. I'm saying that in the next two to three weeks, those HR manuals are probably not going to hold true because the question is what, what, went, what actually went into those HR manuals? What thinking was it? I was about to say, I think those HR manuals probably are already redundant. Because HR thinking hasn't changed. And again, say that as a blanket statement, yeah. because it obviously has. But to what you were saying, what if there needs to be, if operating system is still fine as a terminology, but the way of operating system changes? What if operating systems became intuitive, intelligent, learning, constantly updating and adapting, uh, taking yeah. knowledge so that they're not as fixed as and as infrequently updated as whatever the cycle currently is. What if an operating system was a more dynamic construct? Then I think it, then I think it is still relevant. Because the words operating system is still meaningful. It is a way of doing mm. things. But what if the way of operating system was different? I suppose if, if you're going down that route, then what is the, what is the basis for that? Because uh -huh. I suppose the operating system is the... the in theory, the basis of everything. Yeah. But if it's changing all the time and it's completely uh, dynamic, then what do you? What would you suggest you would use? As What's the, the information what? that's feeding that, and yeah. what is it learning from? What is the data? What are the patterns? What are also what does the operating system exist to achieve? What is it? What yeah. like why? Why did you? Why? Why does? Why is it there? Mm -hmm. You know, and to come back to the HR manuals thing, can people stuff be captured in a manual? Is the other is the, you know you you spoke about HR people who might have just written their manuals for 2020. Can you put peopling into a manual, or is that also not something well, that needs to be intuitive? And <laughs> well, is it not that thing? I suppose all of these all of these things exist for a reason. I don't think HR woke up and started to like write a manual. I think the analogy of operating system is that, that companies and organizations and brands and all these things are just collectives of individuals. 
who have chosen to spend some time together to achieve something. And in order to make sure that everyone's heading in the right direction, they need some kind of structure or principle or theory that's holding everyone together and, and kicking them off in a, in a specific direction. And I definitely think that we need that. There has to be something that's holding it all together. I was listening to James, James Altucher, I think is how you say his surname. He was interviewing Ryan Holiday, who wrote um, Stillness, Stillness is the Key which I'm busy reading at the moment. And I was listening to the podcast on the way here today. And Ryan Holiday was saying something that, something along the lines of, you know, railway tracks are as wide as they are as a throwback to, if you trace all the way back to why they are, the width that they are, is back to Roman times. So we're actually living in a world that's throwing all the way back to Roman times. Mm. Does, it, does it make sense to keep doing it that way just because that's how the Romans did it? And so, yes, there's, there, we do need those things that hold it all together, but is the manual that was the only way that we could do it back in the day still what we need today? Or do we need to find a new way of operating that keeps it all together? But do we not need to be asking different questions? Like, what is it designed to achieve? Absolutely. What's the point of it? Go to the end and say, what's the point of this? Well, how would we best do that with what we have and what we know today? I just I think the problem with too many things everywhere around us is we don't go to that question. Yeah. What are we trying to achieve? We go to how do we do this? What is the this? Yeah. What is the solve? What exactly? What does it solve? So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Also, I think though that the the HR manual is something that could probably be ten percent of the size that it is. Yeah. It's a document that was a good idea or a a piece of information that was a good idea to start. Um, so that there's clarity of certain things that people need to know. I think what we see happens too often is that a situation arises, so we put another page in the manual. Another situation arises, we put another page in the manual. Eventually, this thing is a monster that is inaccessible, is, is a nightmare to have to work with. And so the question for me is, how could we be creating it to be way more accessible and functional? And maybe opening up more space to rely on people's best best thinking, yeah. you know, trusting people to, you know, not to prescribe every single action. Yeah. But if you're hiring brilliant people, giving them guidelines along which to go and be brilliant. I mean, does it not come back to kind of the main theme of this the season of the podcast? Is this idea of purpose that is the yeah. the ultimate baseline of this is why we're here this is what it is that we're trying to do this is what it is that we're trying to achieve and use that as the starting point for what does hr need to document that gives us the the clarity that we all want and, and desire and, and how do we use that in, in building these operating systems or operating is it hr that 2. needs 0. to document it where, where 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 does the documenting of that start does it start at hr does it start higher up in the business, does, I think that's also an interesting question. So it goes to, we talk a lot. So we, we, we've already said HR 50 times in this first opening few minutes. We, we talk a lot about RH, which is moving from human resources to resourceful humans. And if that's the flip of the script from RH, from HR to RH, and you're going to a theme of resourceful humans, which is the, the peopling component of a business, the question becomes, okay, so how do you create, how do you design an environment that fosters resourcefulness, where people want to show up, participate, um, give of their best discretionary efforts? And understanding what switches human beings on obviously talks to this theme of purpose. 
if you go back to the operating system thing, it, it again, operating system is designed to create optimal efficiency, that the thing works the best, whatever it is, that it can work with what we have available to us and what we know. So if you go and you flip it back to resourcefulness, okay, cool. Now the purpose plugs in, mm. we're now energizing this thing. And that's where the purpose thing sits. So it's important to connect the dots between resource for humans, operating system, why is it there? And then the purpose, which actually is the fuel. And it's the thing that builds the story. It's the thing people can attach to and connect to. It's the thing that makes us matter. Does it not also answer that question of like, what is this here to do? And I think asking that question of the operating system, the way the company runs, even the HR department, like what is the HR department there to do? Like what is their ultimate role? Is it to control everyone or is it to make sure that the people in the company are thriving and and being exceedingly successful in the roles that they've been selected to, to do? So that is the big question for the world of human resources at the moment, for the practitioners, and we deal with a lot of them. And what we're finding is there's almost a divide. HR, there's two elements to it. One is the administrative component. There's lots of paperwork and stuff. And then there's the actual activating of human beings and the growth of human beings. And those are actually, if you think about it, two different personalities. The type of personality that is admin orientated is very different often from the type of personality that is people oriented. And obviously you can be skilled in both. But energy flows in different directions. Yes. And for many years, one person has been asked to do both things. And obviously, you'd see that in the way that they show up. They'll be gravitating towards one or the other and better at one or the other and energized by one or the other. But that's slowly but surely becoming separated more and more. We're finding there's more of a focus on peopling as a specialization. And there's peopling. More of a focus on admining as yeah. a specialization. But admin has also become less and less and less with systemization, with digitization. Well, theoretically, so it should be becoming. Should be exactly, and it should also or it be gives becoming. Us tools a, to create even more admin. Yeah, also true. Also true. <laughs> it should be that admin should be becoming a place for more purposeful impact. Yeah. Because the the data we're gathering on people, what we know, how we use it, all that stuff. There's a there's, you know it's what's now just mounds and mounds and mounds of paper. Could become some it's powerful data yes. all of that that's in in so many cases wildly underutilized and under explored and i think there's also i mean i suppose we've been talking about hr and people a lot it's it's ultimately in the end of the day companies exist to create something or to put something out into the world be it a product or a service or a brand or anything like that and and often the method of getting there or the, the way of that happening is with the human beings inside that organization. Yeah. So we hear about things like the war for talent, you know, getting the right people into the organization and putting them into this operating system. So once we've got them, we can put them into a framework so they know how to do what they need to do. And I think when you add the purpose components into that, it adds that like, this is why, this is what matters here. This is what what we are here to achieve so that the the whole focus of growing these people is not to just grow people it's to grow people to deliver the task or to do the thing or to offer the service or create the product that's ultimately why that grouping of human beings exists in the first place because if the company has no output 
and no income, it doesn't exist anymore. It ceases yeah. to exist, and then that group of humans will disband as a... But the, those human beings who you, you're, you're going out into the world, the war for talent, finding brilliant people, you're trying to create an organization to which the best people want to come, do come, and choose to stay. The only way you're going to get the best people to stick around is take brilliant people and put them into an operating system that still allows them to be brilliant so that there's that not that rigidity of, you know, you're brilliant, but please don't think or act beyond this tiny little box. And that's, I think, so often where an operating system, you know, Brad spoke about the HR manual where something happens and you add a page, something happens and you add a page. That happens with business processes, the rules and regulations, and, you know, uh, what was it? terms of service. <laughs> <laughs> what, what should probably be a maybe five, maximum 10-page document that's now a 55-page document that is the can and can't do's, the you, you wills and you won'ts, that's where all this breaks down and that's where you'll break brilliant people, where that operating system gets so completely rigid that they could, there's no freedom to think, mm. execute, and be brilliant mm. in that. I suppose, I mean, to, to continue that, the, this idea of the operating system is it's not, is its fundamental reason for being there is to answer this is what matters to us and this is how we go about mm. doing it. And it doesn't have to be prescriptive. It can be, I mean, I know at Nice Work we use kind of the values as a way of having that conversation all the time. So this is the value, but what is the behavior that is the manifestation of that? Yeah. What is the behavior in your world, in your role? Because, you know, we've got uh, creative people, we've got people who are very good at organizing things. We've got people who are animators, writers. There's like a, a range of different human beings. So their jobs are very different. And the, the process of getting from here's your task and here's the delivery of it is slightly different. So I think it's more about these are the principles that we, we hold dear. Now, what does that mean in your world? And I suppose yeah. the question is really important to put the question at the person because, yeah. like you said, you hire good people and let's assume that you have hired good people and you have got good people on your team, you want to give them that space yeah. to do what you've hired them to do. Because you were like, I see something in you in the interview process. Well, come bring that to us. And you don't want to then apply principles and things that, that squash that. Right. You want to be able to yeah. do what you do. Yeah. And here is the ultimate kind of, this is why we're doing it. This yeah. is what the purpose of the organization is. Now, how do you bring what you've been creating in your world in here and deliver on that yeah yeah i think there's a you know we talk a lot about uh, a company behaving awesomely a cba and a cba is a company to which great people want to come the best people want to come and the thing that makes it the best people want to come is because they hear that it's a great place to be mm -hmm. and that's very often purpose-driven because of the story of what goes on at that place why and how they do it, what matters to them. Mm. And then the CBA carries on. Great people want to come. They choose to come. They join you and they stay. And while they're there, they shoot the lights out. And the only reason they should ever choose to leave is because a better opportunity comes up somewhere else that you just can't compete with. And if you were able to compete at a later stage, they'd come back. Mm. And very often that's founded in a sense of connection, a sense of understanding what makes us matter. So it's... Um, it's becoming, we're finding a, a, a much more meaningful way of attracting great people um, as opposed to people just moving for a slightly better salary or a, um, they want to be part of something that matters. 
It is that. I mean, you can take everything you've just said, and if you put that in the marketing department, is that not also how organizations should be selling? That's yeah. how you need to find customers, you need well, people to join your company because they've heard from somebody else yeah, that yeah. this is an amazing product or service or brand. Totally. And well, then when they get there, it's amazing, and they tell other people of how amazing it is. When you're when you're hiring and designing cultures and building organizations, you're filling them with people. Mm-hmm. When you're marketing, you're marketing to people. Yeah. It's all about creating that sense of connection, something that people want to be a part of, whether it's internally or externally. The trick, though, to that is whatever story it is that you create around purpose, you've got to then show up and deliver on that. If people have come to your organization because they've heard about this and you've sold them the story and it looked fantastic and the words are on the wall and um, it's on the T-shirts, they need to know experiences mm-hmm. when they join. Same with the customer. They bought the story. Now yeah. you've got to deliver the story. Nothing kills a good, I mean, a bad product like good marketing. <laughs> you know, people get there and they're like, wow, this is not what you promised totally. me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So and that's the tricky part. And the only way you can do that is by great people understanding and connecting to a great story about great purpose and a consistency around that. Um, that gives me an interesting segue. One of the things you said in the kind of the, the pre-chat to this podcast as you're talking about the idea of kind of that language is important that this mm. words are important can you just talk a little bit more about why you think words are important and how people should go about sort of selecting them and why why you think it's important that they select them so we we talk a lot about specificity because what we find in in the work that we do and just in basic everyday humaning is we are bad as human beings we are bad at language we throw words out there and we assume that our construct for a word, our definition, is the same as somebody else's. And if you think about, um, just take a, a word like happy. Happy might mean something very different for me from what it does for you. Um, but I'm sitting in the assumption that you are now in the understanding of this word I've thrown out or that I've put into my organizational purpose. So clarity of, of language. We do, we run sessions with clients where we work on articulating the purpose and we... Um, we get them to break themselves up into groups, for example, and go away and work it out and come back and share. And it's profound how an Exco team, for example, who've been leading a business, wake up every morning to run an organization that does billions of dollars worth of turnover every year. And you've got your 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 people who cannot, between them, tell you what the purpose of the organization is. And this is a daily thing. We see it all the time. And then... Well, they can. They just all do it in, the, in a different, a different way. way. But sometimes they're miles apart. Yeah. But to, to your question on words... Some of them will use the same words and then we'll challenge and say, okay, what does that word mean for you and what does that same word mean for you? And it means two different things. But now how are they leading hundreds of thousands of people, directing them in terms of what it is or how it is they need to be doing what they do, with what impact, with what human experience being created, internally and externally, when they are so misaligned on what those words mean? Uh, How do you instruct? How do you lead? How do you reward? How do you acknowledge? How do you recognize? How do you you communicate? How do you hire? So that's why words are so okay. We, we spend a lot of time asking that question. So what does that mean? What would that look like? And um, the people we talk to spend multiples more time looking confused when we <laughs> ask those questions yeah. and getting irritated with us when they haven't just stopped and thought about what does that really mean? So words, language creates everything. I heard an amazing story yesterday about a guy who he's on the extreme end of colorblind. So he only has black and white because colorblind, there's ranges of, and he's now been classified as a cyborg. There's an attachment 
They've wired into his brain and it comes over his head as a camera. So he's got eyes above his head um, and it looks at whatever he's looking at and it now transmits color. He can see color because of this technology. He's now had to learn what, when he sees that color, that it's green. And now he's having to learn the layers and shades of green, things we take so for granted because as we were young, I mean, as I look across, I see green under there, a couple of different greens, and I know what all of them are. I don't have to happen to learn the distinction. He has no distinction for these words. Yeah. And so he's not now got to develop understanding. But de- depending on, I could point to that green, which is like a lime green that I'm seeing. Now that's my version of green. You can point to a different green and he's going to get a different version. Now which one's green? And that's where it gets confusing. So we've got to understand the complexity of language and how we use it to make sure we have a responsibility for how someone receives our message. They can only listen to as much as we can deliver. And that specificity is critical. I think in the context of an operating system, you spoke earlier about um, the nice work values. Can you give me an example of what one of the values might be? Not to put you on the spot or anything. Uh, but I've got entrepreneurial spirits. W- what does that mean? So, is there is is that so you've got entrepreneurial spirit as a value? Is that further articulated? Yeah. So there's a there's a whole paragraph about what it what it means. But then we also do a thing once a week. One random member of the team member that rotates does a presentation on what the value means to them because it is coming back to your point that you know obviously entrepreneurial spirits. The only one who by the definition of the word entrepreneur in the business is me because I'm the owner of the business. But saying that, there's also things where we don't spend money and resource that we don't have to. You know, we don't throw money at a problem just because we can. It's, It's part of our charm and part of what makes nice work nice work is that you bring a problem to us, we're not just going to go for the most expensive solution. We're going to find the one that we believe will make people care the most. And that might be the cheaper one. It might be that we're going to handwrite 100 notes, you know, like if that's the solution that is the right kind of thing. So that that was articulated in that way because there's an element of ownership in it. Yeah. And very interestingly, when we asked our clients, why they come to nice work very often comes up the words in some way or another that we f- we felt like you your pro- our project was your project like they we f- they felt that we had ownership of the work that we were doing and i think in that is that idea of entrepreneurial because you're like i now have this thing i have ownership of it and whatever that means and i'm going to do my best by it and that might be spending money. It might not be spending money. It might be putting in a little bit more time. It might be looking at the clients and being like, you don't need to do this piece of work. Like, yeah. do something else. <laughs> so, so I think that's for us, is one of the values. And, and I think it's, it's interestingly, I haven't heard about this idea of like these words are important, but I know that translating these things into behaviors yep. is important because the words are meaningless when we see so often the values of the the brand stuck up on the wall. So that's exactly where I was going. And that's why I asked you what what one of your values might be because I was fairly certain that yours wasn't going to be innovation. It wasn't going to be just a word. And I knew that there was going to be more behind it Mm -hmm. because words matter and specificity matters. 
and it's really nice to have the value stuck up on the wall in reception where the only person who sees it on a daily is the receptionist who has to stare at it. Or the cleaner who and works cleaner and who once it. Once a week. Exactly. Yeah. So those guiding principles, if we're talking about an, operate, an operating system that allows people to be brilliant, bringing in brilliant people, what, are, what, 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 what is it? What's holding it together? What are the principles that are guiding everyone? And if we're talking about happy, how do we know we're talking the same language? What's mm. that? the words that are tying it all together? And after that, once we've got the words articulated, what are the behaviors? And is everybody on the same page about that? And is it something that we speak about regularly? Is it something that we do at our values day once a year? How, do you, how does it become part of the, the air you breathe, the smell of the place? That's, that's where the stuff really matters. Otherwise, it's just... A tick box exercise. Yeah, we've got our purpose articulated. We've got our values. And yeah, it's on our, I sat in a meeting this morning where we we're talking about, the, you know, she said to me, she said straight up, we have crappy leaders in our company. And we were talking about, they, they're a very values-based company, but, and, and values, it's, it's one of their KPIs. Values are there, how they lead in line with values. But it's just a tick box exercise. That's the wording that she used. And if it's just a tick box exercise, what's the point? Mm. There's an additional element to this, uh, and it plugs to the specificity conversation, is as the deliverer of a message, as the deliverer of the words, you, we, as human beings, we have a responsibility to think about what we're saying um, in being specific, in checking that I'm being understood. And I think that most people don't think about what they say. We just throw stuff out there. And with no real regard for what does that really mean. But think about how many words are flying around that are just randomly thrown out that we didn't even think about, which means there's no chance the recipient is getting it. Uh, and this is where that purpose breaks because we find a lot of the time with organizations we work with, the leaders believe, like we ask them, is everyone clear on the purpose here? They go, yeah, absolutely. We talk about it all the time. But we don't think about what we say. So we talk about it all the time. We think. We don't buy that. But even then, if we're talking about it, but not thinking about what we're saying, how's anybody receiving it? And then how does it have any gravitas and any energy? And that's when, when we run that exercise, we say, okay, the 12 of you smart people, into a corner, each of you in groups of three, and now tell us what it is. And it failed. It's never, ever in 15 years of doing this has a team ever come close, like literally close, maybe in 30%, but not close. Wow. Well, I'm thinking of um, our MRI, our employee experience order at or audit MRI being more relevant insights. We did one with a company of what, 76 respondents to the survey. And there's a question, do you know the purpose of this organization? We got 76 yeses. And the question after that is, what is it? And we got 76 completely different responses. Wow. Everybody knows the purpose, but all, all of them have a completely different idea of what their purpose is. And if you think of everybody, an organization, we're all trying to row a boat in a certain direction towards a goal. Mm. If everybody's rowing the boat at a sli in a slightly different direction, you know, spin all you're doing is spinning. Mm. And wasting a lot of energy. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's working very hard. Yeah, very yeah. much so. I mean, you said something that I really liked. I actually wrote it down and drew a little box around it, which is how much I liked it. Um, <laughs> Uh, it said that there's hundreds of words, but these words are ours. Um, what what are some words that are are yours? It's still human. What are your words? So uh, we we chop and change, and we're trying to stay in one place. For me, so they're yours temporarily. 
<laughs> so, so, so let me qualify that. So Stockholm is going through its own reinvention in a way because we've decided to evolve our organization and the way we do things and the why is the same. I mean, we, we both wake up in the morning. I think that's what makes us work um, obsessed with the fact that that work should not suck and that work should be an amazing place to wake up in the morning to go to where you spend the bulk of your waking life. It should be a healthy place, a fun place, a productive place place for growth. That's really what drives us. Um, is there anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, I absolutely agree I mean, with you on that's, that. That's, we, we know what our why is. And, um, and we obsess, and I say obsess intentionally, about designing and delivering and developing ways for organizations to be able to do that and get that right for the people who work there. And it's a finger point straight at leadership because it is a leadership conversation. Culture is not a culture conversation. Culture is a leadership conversation for us. Which freaks a lot of leaders out because they want us generally to go fix the culture but not fix the leaders. Good luck with that. Um, the, our words, words that are resonating strongly for me at the moment, personally, and I think we're trying to work out how do they live for our organization, um, are intentionality. That was the word that was in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, awareness. Because a huge part of what we're about is, is you can't change what you can't see. So awareness, uh, and we talk about awakeness. I think as, that, that, as a, that's a, definitely a word that we are in is awakeness. Yeah, awakeness is, is being switched on, tuned in and adjusting to suit. As a value, we are, we are very much about um, looking, constantly observing. Critical thinking uh, in, a, in the evaluative thinking, looking, really thinking about things. I think for me, a personal, and it's a personal challenge because sometimes you just want to grab somebody and smash them, um, which probably shouldn't be on a podcast said by one of the partners in Still Human, a business that's about work not sucking. But as humans, sometimes you just want to like smash them and you go, what are you thinking? But kindness. Uh, I think that kindness as an underpinner for human behavior takes you in a direction of always having to look for a high road. I'm thinking about this moment that I'm about to create for another human being. Is it kind? No matter how frustrated I might be, no matter how angry I might be, no matter how stupid I think they might have been. It doesn't mean they're stupid. I'm thinking that of the, Unless they are. Unless they unless are. They are. Stupid. But um, what's but the they? kind option right now? <laughs> what is the kind option right now? This is a human being. And um, I think for me, that's a big word that plays out in a lot of what we do. Not in a fluffy way, though, because we're also hard in terms of our expectations of delivery, of how we show up, of each other, of people we work with, and of our clients. So kind doesn't mean you have to be soft. Kind means you have to be kind. You can still be high in expectation. What words resonate for you? Like as well, about still human, values, words. So intentionality was exactly what was Maybe what was mine. in mind. Um, <laughs> so, so You can share it. <laughs> Sharing is another word that we... <laughs> For me, something that, that we talk about a lot, especially as partners, and then I think more and more is you, you can't get away from it in a work context, is this having each other's backs. Ooh, I was thinking about that. <laughs> Funny guy. <laughs> and it's, it's a fundamental construct of our, partner, our partnership is that yeah. we have each other's backs no matter what. But I think, you know, Brad spoke earlier about um, psychological safety and people needing that psychological safety at work, knowing that the people around them have each other's backs. You know, we're asking people to do 
work that's never been done before, stretch their thinking, try new things, solve problems that they've never had to solve before. You can't expect a human being to go out and be brilliant if they're worried and watching their back the whole time, worried that their teams are, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be thrown under the bus, get cucked out, any of those things. And this idea of psychological safety, having each other's backs is the more I'm looking at things, the more I'm reading, the more I'm seeing what's going on in the world around us and in our clients, it's, it's becoming absolutely mission critical. It's an interesting, I love that as a value of our organization. It's not one that I think I've ever seen, and we've seen hundreds of, I've never seen like partnership or having each other's backs on, on any of the values lists we've seen with the organizations we've researched or worked with. Um, yeah, I mean, it's in our model, in our, our essentials model. Yeah. For how it's the you thing build that holds it all together. Yeah. Okay. But it's not often seen there. So, how do you go about giving people or letting them pick their words? How do you go about, like, if someone is listening, Kindly. it's like, I want to kind of, Sorry. I want to understand what my words are or at least start that process. How would you, how would you set someone off? Kind of looking for that. Are you talking about a values? Yeah, like words? what are their words? What are the the words for their organization or their brand or their? Assuming product? they had a blank canvas. Yeah. So the starting for me a, a way to start is to get everybody who is in the team, whatever the whatever the team is, whoever's working with you, and we like to go broad into organization. We like to go as far as we can, and get the collective. See what the themes are in their minds. See what the themes are. What are the words that are coming up most frequently? Um, bubble those, put them together, cluster them, and then have a look at why. Let's understand, okay, now, firstly, what is the interpretation of these words? Let's go back to the specificity. What do they mean and why have you chosen these words? Mm. And let's start to create the stories around those words. And what often happens is, oh, it's actually not a, innovation is a constant. It pops up every time. It's because you have to say innovation. And if you're not saying innovation, then you're, you're not ticking a box. Well, but that's the thing. Is ticking a box energizing? Is it something you can... Is Maybe if your purpose is box ticker, like, <laughs> I just want to tick some box. But what they often find is that, no, it's just we're just, we're just playing into a conditioned thinking there. Mm. We just feel like we have to use it. But it's not a part of what we do. We don't need to be innovative. We need to do what we do in a certain way. Maybe we, we need to be fast. Okay, hold on. There's a different story. Maybe we need to be clever about how we're being fast. That's where we need to innovate, but it's not a value for us. It's something we need to have in an awareness around, but it's not a value, for example. So for me, in terms of if we're going to try and articulate the values, the, you know, the, the behaviors, the, the way we show up every day, you have to be working from what is your purpose? I think that having that articulated, why do we exist is, and I mean, to, I think to do, to, to articulate values with, meaning and with gravitas it's got to be informed by a are we actually all on the same page about why we're here and what we're what we're here to achieve first off and then the okay well, how are we going to do that yeah. so so one of the questions i asked you you know when we were kind of talking before is is do you always start with purpose and you said you didn't always start with purpose can you, can you say why and if you're saying that it's so important and you can't articulate things that are meaningful and can affect changes in culture and people's behavior and the way they approach things without it. Why, why don't you always start there? 
we don't always start with purpose because a lot of our clients aren't ready to start there. But we always end up at purpose. Any project that we do, we might start with first looking at the diagnostic on what is the experience people are having. We might start with any number of other things, but it always, without a doubt, comes to a point where we have to get clear on why do we exist? Because it comes to a point where nothing else can happen until that core, that absolute center is articulated because that's what everything else builds out around. Always comes back to the purpose. Well, it is making me wonder about our operating system <laughs> and whether we don't need to, because we're always coming up with new ways of doing things, whether we don't need to think about a cool way, cool and energizing way, because that's important, where I, I never want to be stuck in there's only one way to do it. Mm. But the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, the more I'm thinking it's very powerful to have a way of challenging thinking up front about purpose. I'm not saying it'll be resolved immediately because sometimes there's a bit of a journey to be traveled, but placing it earlier in the in the curiosity process. So there's some some pondering of it. So we can keep on going, so okay, that thing we're busy with, how does it impact that? So it's not fixed, but it's alive as a curiosity. Um, to just backtrack to something just that we were saying prior to this around those values words, something else occurred to me. Question, what is linked to purpose? But what is the everything we're doing, whether it's product or service, we're creating an experience. Now, if we were to ask the question, what is the experience that we're looking to create? And if you can articulate that experience, another question that could follow that is, so what would create that? Mm. Almost gives you a great channel to go down around values. So what would create that? Well, if we can do this and this, I can say, what value is that? So instead of looking for words, you're looking for the experiences or the things that are happening and you then label those. And I think that gives it a different, um, you know, I'm not trying to create a meaning on a word because often they pick a word and go, well, what this means to us is this. It's kind of when I used to be an architect, the famous thing for architects is we would be published in a magazine, beautiful photographs. There'd be this exquisite description of what went through my mind philosophically and all these things way before I started designing. It's bullshit. We designed what we thought was cool and then made up a meaning afterwards. <laughs> and I think often values are done the same way. Yeah. Well, I think you, you know, you're talking about asking questions. I think before we can go anywhere with any of this stuff, it's what is purpose? You know, because purpose and business purpose, it's such an overused <laughs> term. It's thrown around. It's airy-fairy. It's mission critical. It's... You know, there's, I mean, it would be curious to see if you Googled company purpose, how many search results you got. Sure. Yeah. And I think and you're gonna that's... You're going to have to push stop here. We have to start again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, you know, I've, I've just, we, we're sitting here having a conversation around purpose and company purpose. But Ross, Brad, myself, we might all have, we might all be sitting here having different thoughts. Like my construct of what a company's purpose is might be different to yours, Ross, and to yours, Brad. So if we're talking about creating purpose... What is it? Yeah. Well, I, think I see Brad's, Brad's just done Google. Google I mean, it's interesting because purpose, the, just the first definition that the dictionary or the online dictionary gives is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists, which is what we kept on saying. Um, the second definition is a, per, a person's sense of resolve or determination. So that's, there was a new sense of purpose in her step as she set off. But 
that is the reason for why she's doing it. So it goes back to that the whole time. Mm. So it's, 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 it's quite clear in its definition. And we add in something, which is what makes us matter. Yeah. Exactly. What makes us matter is the tricky part. But um, yeah, I mean, so the question you asked there, and, and I think it's a lovely way to close it out, is that's why we're doing this season of the podcast. That's, that's the, the one more question we want to ask. Like, what does it mean? Because I don't think there is one meaning. I think there are different meanings. And I think in between all of that is something interesting because I think yeah. what's purpose to nice work and what's purpose to still human, yeah. I think we're quite aligned that it doesn't mean that somebody else is wrong. But I do think what's very important is for companies and collectives of human beings is to have whatever that definition is, is to have it defined. Mm. And whatever, whatever the answer to that question is, whether you agree with it or don't, as long as that group of people buys into it yeah. and the customers of that group of people buy into it, I think it's a very powerful powerful thing yeah mm. agreed what is purpose for us as a question it's a great yeah. question what is purpose for us because when you've answered that you can now actually articulate the purpose yeah. yeah awesome well thank you very much for coming on this podcast thank thanks you thanks for having us and we'll catch you guys in the next one fantastic see you then some purpose peace out we'll be specific Thank you for listening. In the words of Carlos Cobian, sharing knowledge is an obligation. So if you know someone who would benefit from this podcast, please send it on to them. This is our second season, and we'd be super grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button. And if you think we're worth it, give us a review. We welcome feedback, good or bad. We release an episode every two weeks. One more question is brought to you by the people at NiceWork, a purpose-led branding company in Johannesburg, South Africa. If you'd like to further this conversation, reach out at www.nicework.co.za. And if you're a little bit old school, let us know and we'll make you a mixtape.